A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, okay, listen now for the click track, everybody. Uh, and away we go. This is uh, track one. Take one, yeah. One, two, three, four. Hello, my name is Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan. This is Before the Encore. We're back. It's July. It's roasting outside. It's roasting inside. Even with the windows open, we're all still struggling to sleep comfortably at night, I think, um, due to the heat. But uh, yeah, it's definitely summertime. It's the first panel episode. Today, I am talking management with David Wilkinson and Sheena Madden in the first panel for Before the Encore. This is certainly the first and what I hope will be um, will be uh, a growing, a growing thing, a growing occurrence. Um, I have been looking forward to doing something like this for some time. This has been in the pipeline for some time, um, and I couldn't have, I could, I couldn't have had two better guests to do it for the first time around. Genuinely couldn't. Um, two people who I'm, I'm quite close with in the music industry, but also have amazing stories to tell. So, um, yeah, a lot to, a lot to unpack in this episode. David Wilkinson is currently the artist manager for Bobby Arlo and Bradley Marshall. Um, you may have heard of Bobby Arlo before. If you're familiar with my work as a producer, I've produced um, all of Bobby Arlo's work alongside Alex O'Keefe, another producer who will be on the podcast eventually. But David Wilkinson also has a background in IMRO and also music management from a long time ago in the music industry. So he's done he's done his homework. He's done a lot of groundwork already as well. And then Sheena Madden is the founder of Amplify uh, PR Agency, which we all know, I think, at this point, if you're listening to the podcast and regular listen to the podcast, you're very familiar with Sheena's work. Sheena is now managing Farah L and formerly managed Nilo. That's where we met. Um, I was... 
only delighted that she agreed to be on the podcast. It was only a matter of time as well before she was going to get, the two of the guys were going to come on. So um, I'm delighted to be able to get them both in the same room and kind of hash it out because they're both new music managers in the grand scheme of things. So there's a lot to unpack and there was a lot of info provided, a lot of like golden nuggets, I think, for artists. I would have certainly loved to have had this information when I was in a band. Um, So really tune into this one if you're an artist who's looking at maybe um, pursuing management or putting yourself on the radar um, or if you're someone who is considering getting into music management themselves this is definitely the episode for you if you're new to Before the Encore on the back of this episode Before the Encore is a monthly periodical where I, uh, Adam Shanahan a producer, mix engineer and uh, sometimes songwriter will sit down with a music industry professional. It's essentially to like hi- put a spotlight on everybody, you know, behind the artist and around the artist. Because um, personally, I don't think there's enough information out there. And what I want to do is I want to create a space where the information can be easily accessed for people who may be considering getting into certain roles in the music industry, but don't necessarily know what might suit them. Hopefully this helps a little bit. And also just you know, puts a spotlight on the people involved and the Trojan work that they do because the music industry is not something that you can just kind of sit idly by and, you know, be successful. People work hard in order to make themselves successful and um, certainly is the case for my two uh, my two um, guests today. Now, Encore is the overarching kind of family of um, Before the Encore. I wouldn't be here without Dave Hamready and Craig Fitzpatrick, our two hosts of no Encore, which comes out every Friday in your feeds, giving you your latest music news, an album review, usually if there's an album of note that has come out, um, and then the top five shootout, which is a mainstay and is always amazing. Such a voyage of discovery for me, always a voyage of discovery. Um, stuff I've never heard before, stuff I have, um, just a good laugh. It's brilliant. I'm incredibly biased, but... Please listen in for yourself. Um, and to do that, make sure you subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts to make sure they go straight into your podcast feed as they come out. Uh, Before the Encore is a monthly periodical, comes out the last Monday of every month. So um, we're at the end of July now and it's, uh, yeah, it's bananas. This year's flown in and we're about halfway through festival season. I'm sure plenty of us have been out there. Um, so yeah, let's keep this one going. Before I get stuck into the podcast, um, I'm just going to quickly say that No Encore is on Patreon, patreon.com slash No Encore. If you'd like to support the show financially, if you're not in a position to do so, that's fine. All we'd ask is that if you like what you're hearing, just share it to someone that you know or tell someone you know about it. Um, That's how we, you know, that's how podcasts really grow and we'd be very, very grateful if you could do that. I certainly would um, as this is a very specialised part of the part of the podcast and part of like the podcasting world. So um, I'd be very appreciative if you could share or just tell someone about it. Um, but aside from that, no point in me talking anymore. I won't keep you. This is a great conversation full of absolute nuggets, full of serious gems. Um, like I said, if you're an artist themselves who's looking at potentially getting into getting into management or looking for management at the stage of the career that you're at, or if you're looking at maybe becoming an artist manager, this is the podcast for you. So without further ado, this is Before the Encore with David Wilkinson and Sheena Madden. I'm not dumb, I'm just a little careless when it comes to this. I'm feeling Try my hand and love this for more times than I care to admit. Do you feel it? 
David Wilkinson, Sheena Madden, the first before the encore panel. Exciting. It's, it's I, I couldn't have asked for two better people to come on and talk about their their lives and their livelihood in the music industry. Thanks so much. Um, thanks so much for taking time out of your Sunday evening to join us it's roasting out there and I know we'd all be rather be outside and I had some audio issues there at the start that didn't kinda, notice didn't not, notice <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like missing for an hour or anything no, like that no, like no, running no. around like a headless no. chicken um, <laughs> no guys thanks so much for coming in Pleasure, um, we're here to talk about management and music and I know that you both have different backgrounds and I kind of wanted to th- this is why I wanted kind of to do the panel episode with you guys because y- y- when it comes to having that different background I'd love to talk about how that kind of maybe opened up the pathway to management or inspired the thought to like maybe step into that role or pursue it David I know you had a background in IMRO I dealt with you back in the day when I had like kicked off my own IMRO IMRO (laughs) membership so um, that was lovely and we've known each other for a couple of years now and same with Sheena as well Um, I met you predominantly as Nilo's manager back yeah, in the day. Right, yeah. um, but obviously your kind of big one is you are the founder of Amplify PR yeah. agency. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that plug in. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get the plug in. Don't <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really happy to be sitting down with you guys. Um, but like I said, we're here to talk about management and artist management and what that kind of means. We had Becca Maloney on before. She spoke a little bit about kind of the avenue of what, what's involved there and stuff. And it was like, it really opened my eyes to what you guys do. Um, but for, I suppose, I to start off, and to kind of re- get the ball rolling, and this might be a, an awful question to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, if both of you could sum up what management is in one word <laughs> or in a, se- a short sentence, uh, David, I'll start with you. Frantic, I think, <laughs> is a good word to describe it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, being a manager to wear so many hats, especially in the independent world. Yeah, you know, your PR, your tour manager, your therapist you like you know yeah. you're absolutely everything um but i mean frantic in a positive sense because it is a role you really have to love like yeah. that's yeah. not something you can do unless you're 100 wholeheartedly into it mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah i think i'd agree like I, I think probably the first word that comes to mind is like all-encompassing you know yeah, it's yeah. It, it, like david said like it really is you're doing everything <laughs> and that goes from like you know like uh you're almost for me i suppose as well like you know like you're, you're almost mother best friend therapist to your artist but you, you're you know you it's also a really important part of your job to um to help them financially and like at the end of the day i think sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day that we forget that that, that is actually your job is to make money for your artist and yourself that your business partners really, you yeah, know yeah. Um, so yeah i think all-encompassing is probably the, the first word that springs to mind yeah it seems to be a very common thread like there's the whole kind of like you're wearing all of those hats Mm. like David said it's like that was very evident when Becca came in and spoke Mm. about what she does Um, so we like I said you guys are from different backgrounds as well so wearing like uh, having all of those roles kind of tied into the management side of things like like I said, David, with the kind you had been dealing with artists for yeah. a long time, and you had like kind of had face time with a lot of people just in your role. It was, you know, that must have been such an asset. Absolutely. And like, how did that kind of, how did that, I suppose, uh, dig the pathway and like kind of f- like forge the pathway to 
your desire into mm. moving into artist management yeah. full time? Uh, well, I, I think I, for me, I kind of fell into it. Like I, like I don't, I don't write, I don't play an instrument, but I just always loved the music industry. Okay. So Jesus, 16, 17 years ago, I did music management in Ballyfermer College. Okay. And it was a, it was a two year course and it just covered everything. Like it covered management, it covered publishing, it covered labels. Like, so I knew I wanted to work in the industry, but I didn't know exactly what area. So I did that. We had a project in there that I had to manage. So I'm, I'm from Kildare. So we managed, I managed a, uh, a band from Nace at the time went pretty well. Another band from Nace asked me to manage them. I was doing that with a good friend of mine, um, who's she's still in the industry. And yeah, I kind of progressed from there into Imro. Um, but during all that time, I just built my knowledge on the industry. You know, it was yeah. all about networking, all about learning about royalties, publishing, um, the live aspect of it and everything. Um, and I stayed in Imro for 12 years. And then I suppose maybe Four years ago, I decided to get back into management, and I know you helped me with Bobby. That was yeah, <laughs> yeah which that, is which is cool. It's right? kind of nice full circle moment yeah, absolutely. here because, like, um, Shane, if you're not familiar with this with the story, like I, I might have told you before, but mm. it, and for the listeners as well, yeah, um, I met David properly and for the first time really at music He's court, a cork, and that's I, right, think, yeah. I don't know whether it was 2018 or 2019, yeah, 2018, 2018 I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so. We spoke about it and you said you kind of wanted to, you know, do artist management. And I was like, well, I've someone who I'm working with and, you know, it just kind of, I'll put you in touch. Yeah. This kind of thing. Again, happens, making yeah. connections, see what happens. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, here we are now. Like it's Bobby, Ar- Bobby Arlo is the yeah, artist yeah. and yeah. she's kind of, you know. Yeah. But I, I had, in my, I know you're right, I had in my head that I wanted to manage a female act because I managed bands, I managed like a funk band, I managed like a, a kind of electro band Um but I just wanted to manage a female artist. And mm-hmm. I put the feelers out to people in the industry that I liked and respected, you being one, there's two or three other people. Um, and then, yeah, you, I think you sent me a, you DM me on Instagram one day and said, <laughs> I don't know if you're interested, but check out this girl. And Swear, it was all the business is done. It's funny, like another full circle moment. I remember being in this very studio, maybe, oh, when did Feel It come out? Two years ago, maybe? Oh, well, ye- okay. Feel It was 20... 20- Whenever... That was the first, the first single, right? Yeah. I think, and I, 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 Adam, I remember you. I remember being here with Nilo, and I remember yeah. you playing "Feel It" before it came out. I yeah, think I just in this in room. Very close. Just the bit, two of us in the room and said, "Wait until you hear this song." Class. You know, yeah. wait until you hear I this remember, artist. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we were just sitting here going, "Oh my god, that's incredible! That yeah. is a hit!" You know, and that was when I became aware of Bobby Arlo. You know, and. God, like it just did so well, that song, yeah. you know. You should go to a She's fantastic. Adam. Me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Putting people in the same room together seems to be like yeah, a, a nice yeah. thing. So, well, see, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> um, and Sheena then with the, with the PR side of things. Yeah, it's really interesting actually listening to David talk about his background. And it's the one thing I find in music management, and I've, you know, thankfully made a lot of friends and contacts and, and mostly friends actually, who do the same job and we all have completely different backgrounds. Um, and it's really useful actually because like you said, David, about the, you know, you've got a background in, in royalties and publishing. Like it's it's an area I know nothing about. Well, I, a little bit more now that I've yeah, a bit more I experience. But, together. <laughs> you know, and it, it is actually that nice part that I think anyone who comes to management, there's very few who kind of like set out, well, some do, but with, with that intention of I'm going to be a music manager. A lot of us come to it from being in different parts of the industry. Um, for me, I won't go too far, but way, way back, but I basically my background's in journalism. Mm. 
Um, I was a music writer for a long time and similar to you, David, I have a musical family and I'm not one of them. You can't, I couldn't sing to save my life. I'm currently learning piano. I've got Walsing Matilda down to a T, but I am definitely not a musician. Um, but I've always, again, been around music, come from a very musical family. You know, dad was a DJ, that kind of thing. So I always wanted to write about music. Um, so, you know, I wrote for Totally Dublin, um, you know, The Dubliner, wrote The Irish Times a bit. That was years ago. And then managed to find, managed to get a, a job in the RTE radio press office. Yeah. Um, that's about maybe, God, about 15 years ago at this stage. Um, but I kind of gravitated instantly towards their alternative music output. And Ian Wilson, who a lot of people probably listening would know, is like a legendary radio producer in there. Uh, kind of took me under his wing, actually, you know, like used to uh, bring me to Eurosonic and bring me to Electric Picnic and said, if we're going to have a press officer doing all the alternative music, it's going to be Sheena because she knows about music and she loves it, you know. <laughs> so um, I guess I learned a lot, even though I wasn't sort of directly do- doing music PR in RTE, um, yeah. I learned a lot about how to do it. Okay. So um, when I left RTE, um, kind of went into corporate PR for about a year, again, learned an awful lot about how to run end to end PR campaigns for like, Everything from pharmaceutical companies to architects to like everything. Um, absolutely hated it, <laughs> but learned a lot. Yeah, and but then, like this is the thing as well. Yeah. Like I think it's a it's a great process of elimination. At least yeah. I find like if you're do, and this is like you know in in every aspect of any job. Yeah. I think you know if you knock off the things that you don't like, it's a lot easier For to decide sure. where to go. But, from I mean, there. but funnily enough, I did realize I actually really enjoyed the process of being able to promote something. You know, but it, I also found it had to be something I cared about. So, yeah. you know, so like I did a lot of charity work and I enjoyed that, but I just kept coming back to music, you know, and when I found myself at the start of 2019, um, you know, to be honest, I quit my job, I packed it in, I wasn't having a good time there. Um, and I said, what am I going to do? What the fuck am I going <laughs> to do? You know, yeah. so I um, sat down at the kitchen table and had a, had a couple of bands asking me, you know, through friends, would I do a few PR campaigns for them? Mm. Did one or two, they went okay. And then, you know, I kind of thought maybe this could be a viable business idea, you know. So I think from the very beginning then I I tried to treat it uh, not just as a little thing I did on the side, but I said, okay, I'm going to take this seriously and treat it as a business. And and that's kind of, you know, started as I meant to go on. And thankfully it's, it's worked out, you know. So I started Amplify 2019, um, and then I got into management um, in early 2020, just but just before the pandemic actually uh, hit. I mean, so, how are we to know? Like, it was just, <laughs> yeah. it was just one of those yeah. things. Yeah. That, like, and uh, that's also an interesting dynamic then as well, because like until I, you know, probably about the last eight months, nine months mm-hmm. as a manager, that was probably all you knew was the industry in all I knew. In COVID, you know. Absolutely, you know, as a manager. And it was, I guess, both a blessing and a curse. Um, it kind of, you know, and we were just talking before before we came on air, you know, that um, since, you know, festival season is well and truly back, it's the first year. It, it, it Actually, honestly, it's a little bit overwhelming, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people in the industry, no matter what area of the industry we're in, are finding it, you know, it's great. You know what I mean? And again, obviously, in terms of finances, it's another revenue stream, but it, it's... Um, for Full me on. as a manager, it's like kind of something I didn't really have to think about that much for 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 the guts of two years, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny, kind of. Uh, I don't know. It was a very interesting situation in that regard. Like to just be diving in head first at that time. Mm. David, you obviously had a little bit of a run up, easier but, run in. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. you, like, you yeah. knew what the real world was like before. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> what was that? How was that navigating that as a manager for? 
um, Bobby Arlo at the time. I know you're yeah. currently managing another artist and yeah. Bradley Marshall as well. So yeah, no, for, for, I remember having a a, dis, a conversation with with Bobby because at, at the stage, like we're still establishing, but we were really establishing her at the stage then. And we said, Bobby, like I had the idea that Bobby, we need to stay relevant. We can't not release music. Like you know, yeah. I don't know what way the next year or two. I I don't know what way it's going to be. But we can't like not do anything. Like we need to keep so like feel like we 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 consistently release music, mm. and it certainly helped. Like it certainly helped, and you know we came out of it with her. You know a lot more people know Almost her. Almost full swing. You know, then, yeah. but but there's other people that I know that kind of went the opposite and kind of had the mentality: what's the point of doing anything? Like you know, what's the point? I can't gig. I can't. But there's so much that could have been done. Yeah. You know, with regards to establishing release music. You know, doing interviews, do zooms, do writing sessions. Like, just stay active, and um, so that's that, that's yeah. the approach we did. And like, looking back now, I think it works, particularly yeah. for Bobby. Like, I actually found it such a great, honestly. Like after the first, the initial shock of the pandemic, I remember the the March April. Um, and I'm thinking in PR terms as well as management, but I found it like obviously everybody was jarred and was like, how is this going to affect our industry? Mm. I'm not going to lie. I actually found it a great opportunity after that business-wise, obviously. Of course, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, Because everybody, there, there was almost just like, it, it was narrowed so much to one channel. Everybody was listening. So whether it was like listening to the radio, watching YouTube, you know, watching live streams, all of it, which I know we all got so sick of live streams towards the end. <laughs> you know, it was like, a, not another fucking live stream. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, if you're looking to get an artist out there, you know, and you want people to hear their music, you've got a captive audience. Nobody's out. You know what I mean? There like, was, yeah, exactly. Nobody's out. There was no, so. I, like, personally, for, like, as a consumer of music, mm. in, and like, if I'm, put, if I'm to kind of step out of that for what, like, obviously I had no idea of what, you know, was going on behind the scenes with the management side of mm. things. Like, with the artist side of things, I was definitely a lot closer to it yeah. because fortunately enough, as things calmed down, maybe later in 2020, it was easier to open up the studio and, you know, do recording sessions and actually work on music yeah. um, and have that consistency, like you said, uh, David, and what, being able to assist with artists releasing the music. But it really was just stabbing the dark stuff, wasn't it? Like, mm. and, you know, it, even with the live streams, like I didn't mind them so much. I actually kind of started to enjoy it a little bit. And then, you know, we were in, Dingle for other voices as well, and yeah, I that, loved it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it was, and then we like made a bit of an event of it to like watch it when it came out. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, it was a lot of fun. Um, well, I think one thing it proved for me is like how resilient the industry is here. Incredible how people yeah. in the industry Absolutely. and how people pivoted, and you know, you know, it, it opened people's eyes. But even like Zoom writing sessions, like I know so yeah. many people now go, I would, ne- I'd never co-wrote before COVID. You know, and now mm-hmm. they're saying, because one thing I felt I could do was create music. Yeah. So I was doing more Zoom writing sessions. So it's not ideal, obviously, want to be in the, the room with the person, but but just to feel active and keep going and, and, you know, to feel like you're moving in some way, yeah. you know, doing Zoom writing sessions and stuff. So yeah. I just think the way people pivoted and adapted to... to it's also such a, an incredibly on. supportive industry. I found, yeah. like, it is the most supportive industry I have ever been a part of, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Without a doubt, like, you yeah. know. And you, yeah. like, the collaboration is amazing. Yeah. I think once you get, it's it's funny because, like, once I feel like if you get past a certain point and I'm referencing when I was, like, younger and in a band and trying to, like, make it, quote unquote. Mm. Um, and we were, like, looking for people to help and managers and then there were people that did and there was, like, 
scam artists and yeah. it was like no use to anybody and then we ended up getting very cynical about the whole thing and just kind of a bit of an atmosphere crept in is like oh well you know if someone was it, the, the grudge reach you know what I mean it was like so we seen seeing someone succe- successful and being looked after and we're like well fuck these guys you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's nice to be after a certain point and like yeah. I think after you pass that or if you like ha- luckily if you haven't experienced any of the you know I suppose trials and tribulations of the music industry because let's face it there's a lot yeah um it is an extremely collaborative yeah industry in yeah. the case of like like Sheena we've worked together for yeah. a long time David we've worked together yeah. for a long time like I said at the top of the show and like to see now you obviously doing so well in both of your respective industries outside of management but mm-hmm. also within management is great um and like what like when it comes to like I would classify both of you guys as successful artist managers. I would like to know what you think makes it work for you. Like, how does the, how does it work? How does the wheel spin? What's the, what are the qualities? What are the, you know, what, if, if you're considering doing this as a job, you know, or getting into it as like maybe fresh, fresh out of college, people are like thinking about maybe what to do in the music industry. They don't know. They want to be in that industry. Um, what would you consider those things to be? And that's an open question for. Yeah. Um, I think you know, as we touched on, I think everybody comes at it from different backgrounds. I think if you're kind of coming fresh at it, I guess if if it's if it's in terms of advice, like it's good to specialize in one area. Again, for me, it's kind of public relations. For David, you know what I mean. It's like the obviously the licensing side yeah. and the you know um yeah. you know it is definitely good to have an area of specialization um the, uh, just to go back a little bit like what we were talking about about the music industry being so supportive it can i guess for anybody listening who maybe you know doesn't have connections in the industry and kind of looks at it as a closed shop i think any industry when you're trying to get into it can look like a closed shop yeah. you know yeah, and yeah, i think yeah, that definitely. can be really frustrating and it might be frustrating for people listening to be like what do they mean it's so open and supportive? I don't know anyone and I've been trying to break into it. I do think that like by little step, little step, cu- cumulative things like going to the likes of Ireland Music Week, Output Belfast Music Cork, all these showcases, like getting to know like, you know, one person, getting to know, like I do think in this industry, people are really open to sitting down, having a cup of coffee with you, getting on a Zoom call for five minutes and giving you some advice, yeah, you know, definitely. that kind of thing. Um and sorry, my, to just to come back to it, my point was that like for me, like, you know, specialising in PR was great. But what I found was that the people I was able to reach out to, like I've reached out to David before at the very beginning about publishing, you know, I've got a really supportive group of friends, actually. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later, like if you like, but like a, a group, a friend of mine is my Burke started um, at the beginning of the pandemic. She started a WhatsApp group called the, I, I always get this wrong, IWMMF, the Irish Women's Music Managers Forum, um, <laughs> which started out as like, again, and three or four uh, women who happen to be music managers um, and it's now expanded to, I think there might be 30 of us in the group now. Wow, okay. Yeah, and again, that has just been this space whereby if I don't know something about the legal side or accountancy or live or whatever it is, I can literally put a text in that group and go, guys, does anyone know how much I should charge for this sync deal? I don't know. And like the amount of people who will either come back straight away or say, I'll call you later. Or, you know, again, it's just that idea that like if you are open to learning, you've got your area of specialization. That's your bread and butter. That's what you do. That's what you can bring to the artist. That's the value you add. But everything else, I think once you're open to learning and to asking questions and being curious, 
to me, that's what makes a good artist manager is someone who's constantly fighting for their artist, putting their artist first and wanting to do the best job they can for them and to learn as much as they can about the industry so that they can benefit both themselves and their own career, but also their artist. Of course. And David? Yeah, no, if we look, I, I fully agree with everything Sheena said. I think every manager is different. I think there's different styles. Me personally, I'm quite hands-on in the okay. way I manage. Um I'm a huge fan of both the artists that I do manage, a huge fan of their music, and I think that's it's integral. It's, yeah, it's primary, like, isn't it? 100%. Yeah, like, like, genuinely, if, if I didn't manage either of them, I would be fans. Yeah. Um, and I think that helps me to be the best manager I can be with regards to, to, to my two clients anyway. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a kind of job you need to, you learn as you go. Like I know I said, I did music management in college and that absolutely certainly helped and our backgrounds in the industry helped and you could read all the books. But if you want to get into management, you know, start at the low level, start with a friend. Um, you know, there's always people, every artist wants a manager. You know, start helping out, sending emails, you know, reaching out to bookers, whatever it is and just learn on the job. That's kind yeah, of... It's, that's it's kind boots of the ground thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Because yeah. Yeah. it is a very, as you said, it... it Everybody, it, it, it's a great industry in Ireland, but at the end of the day, it's still competitive. You know, we're all like, I'm, I'm, I'm competing against you as well, yeah. Sheena, like, you know, with, with regards to, to our artists as well for for slots and mm-hmm. be it festivals or showcase opportunities and that. But we're still at the end of the day, Sheena can pick up the phone to me and I know I can do the same to her. Like, we, like we're all willing to help each other as well, which I think it's great. Um, and, and especially the last couple of years, what we went through as well, I think it just made everybody a lot tighter. Yeah, it's yeah. But if there's anyone out there that wants to, like, you know, talk about management or anything, like, you know, I think we're, we're always open. Yeah, like, you know, sure. yeah. you know, reach out to DM me, whatever. I'm he- happy to help. Like, I'm, for me, I'd, I'd love to see more managers out there. I really would like. I, like, I think that's a really key point mm. as well. Is that actually, funnily enough, there's not enough of us. I was yeah. going to drill know? into that just yeah. when I said that. Sorry. It does. It, <laughs> it does. It does, it does, no, but it does yeah. Like, it does feel like there are like the old guards who yeah. have always kind of been around the place. You know, the likes of AMA and like those yeah. guys have been around for a long time. And you have like the you know the last manager you too. I can't remember his name. Paul something. Whatever. Guinness. Paul McGuinness. Yeah. Um. Like obviously the you know. Like the Godfather Elvis and the Colonel, like you <laughs> yeah. know, that kind of way. But maybe with like less dodgy yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, like I felt like at the time when I I was I'm gonna put my artist hat on when I was back in the day in a band, we were looking for a manager, and it was very difficult to find. But also at the same time, like th- this is the thing as well. This is like a, a very a question that I still don't have the answer to, and I don't know if you'll have the mm. answer to it, but. Is as a manager, is it good to go looking for a manager as an artist, or do you want them to come to you? Personally, I know which I prefer, yeah. and that's the latter, because you do kind of want to be approached by. In my opinion, I'd like as an artist to be approached by someone who's like, I wanted, you know, yeah. I, I this is what I can offer, and I would like to do yeah. that for I, you. Me personally, I would te- I would agree with you. Yeah. I don't think there's any harm in an artist getting on no, someone's radar. Certainly not, yeah. And just saying, I'm doing this, or like, this is my new EP, or this is my new single. But I'm a huge advocate of people learning the ropes. Okay. And it's similar to, again, you you know more about this than I do. PR people say to me, oh, I'm releasing my debut single, I want PR. 
do it yourself or one, one or two like, singles. Learn well, I, the ropes. And, and I heard Michelle Whitehead's um, episode of this, and I like I was listening to it, and I was nodding in agreement to nearly everything she said. Yeah, and it Michelle's was, great. It was a wealth of knowledge, all right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I was like going, "Yep, yep," you know. And it, again, it applies to management. It is that thing of like, you know, like I will, in PR terms, I will. I'm going to say never, very rarely, you know, work a debut single for someone. Like, it, you know, apart from anything else, you need, the artist that you're working with needs to understand the process that you go through. And that applies to, I guess, management and finding your own bookings and doing your own um, IMRO returns and doing your own, you know, all of this stuff as well as PR, like, you know. Mm. So I think for me, it's a tough one to hear, I think, for a lot of like new artists or not even necessarily new, but people maybe who really want management and haven't attracted management necessarily yet, you know. And and I do get, as I'm sure David does, a lot of emails from people saying, hi, I'm looking for a manager. Um, I personally only manage one artist at a time. That's just how I operate because yeah. I have a lot, you know, my, my other business, I guess, is my core business. So yeah. I, I manage one artist at a time. Um, but... You know, again, for me, it has to be, and I think a lot of other managers will agree, like it's almost like finding a relationship. Like all of the elements have to be there. You know, obviously you have to be huge fans of theirs. You know, you have to love the music, as David said, but you also have to get on really well as people. You also have to feel like you gel well together as business partners. You have like there is so much. It's not just a case of you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Can you please manage me? It's a funny, it's, it's a strange bond, isn't it, between a ma- so, an artist manager and the artist. So like it's, weirdly, weirdly intimate. Yeah. No, you're right. No, 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. The yeah. expression on your face says like you're really talking about something that... No, <laughs> yeah. no, it's, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm... Uh, like as I'm the same with Farah, like Farah Far L, who I manage yeah. now. Like we're like we were, we've known each other for a good few years. I wouldn't say we were necessarily like really close friends, but we've always been really fond of each other, and we'd run into each other a lot. We've become really close friends now, mm-hmm. you know, and and that just happens. Um, Nilo, who I used to manage, who Adam, you know, really really well as yeah. well. You obviously produced the album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started off not knowing each other very well at all. I think we'd met once or twice. And over the course of literally within a few weeks, you're on the phone to each other every day, yeah. you know, and you are not just sort of talking about business and talking about, you know, your creative process and this, but you're also, you know, you're talking about really like intimate parts of your life because, it, you know what I mean, that it, it yeah. comes up. You're like really close work colleagues, you know, and you do, hopefully in the best situations, you become best friends, you know what I mean? Like occasionally you have blow ups mm. <laughs> because you're that close, you know, you're just that close. And um, I think if if you, you really need to know that you can handle the intensity of a relationship like that with someone. You yeah. Know? So you have to gel with them. You just have to. The no nine to five in, in music yeah. management. Like, no, you know, it's 24 hours a day. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. like it, it's tough. Like you have, you do really have to love it, but, but yeah, like I, I'm, I would anyone starting out, like I would just do it for a period of time, do it yourself, learn the industry, and that's what's important to me in the way, like with Bradley and Bobby as well. Like I, I try to teach them as I bring them along because I don't see anybody. Like you could be a new artist, you might get a manager, and the manager might do everything for a year or two, and like you're, you're not learning. You, you, mm. Even like like gig returns to Imran or whatever, like little 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 intricate things that need to be done, but you yeah. just don't understand it. You know, so that's why I. I I tried to teach the Bobby and Bradley as well, and I'm going along teach them about the industry and you know this is what a publisher does, this is what a booking agent does, or whatever. Like you know, just so they have some knowledge. So you know, just so like you know, I'm not doing absolutely everything for them. Like.
yeah, I think that's certainly something that could, and, and no doubt has happened um, to maybe some of the listeners. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know, but mm. I certainly would imagine that that's happened to an artist and it's been like maybe detrimental to the, like, the relationship at the end of the day. So it's good to hear that that's like yeah. the way you're taking that on and like, you know, it's well you said your hands on there's a bit of hands off in mm. there as well and like a bit of kind of self ownership yeah just yeah. yeah like I still do pretty much everything but like just educate as I'm gonna like why I do this like why does this why are you a member of rap why are you a yeah. Nimrod member you know what's an ISRC code like all this stuff yeah. like it's not just like I'll get the ISRC code don't worry about it yeah. it's yeah. I will sort this but this is why this is what it's for yeah this is what it does and this is what why it benefits us having it like so because at the end of the day as well, like it, it is a partnership. It's a business partnership. Oh, yeah, of course. You yeah. know, um, and I think like the, the fear is that like if you're the manager and you're doing everything, you're doing all of the, I guess, the management side and the admin side, which is your job. You know what I mean? It's, I feel like it, it's too easy for resentment to grow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you feel like you're someone's personal assistant and you're being yeah. treated like yeah. that, you know, thankfully I've never found myself in that situation, but I know lots of, you know, people who have, you know, who've been in, in management and, you know, I think you need to look at it as a collaborative process. You know, you really, really do. It's like you're, you are business partners at the end of the mm. day. It's not that, you know, you're kind of somebody's mammy or, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, personal assistant kind of, kind of thing. So just, yeah, the relationship and the dynamics of the relationship are really important. I think, um, I think boundaries, something I really learned actually is that boundaries yeah. are really important. You just you caught know? onto something that I was kind of drill down a little bit more into. Yeah. Like, where does it stop then? Do you know what I mean? Like, where do free, because like yeah. the line I'm sure gets blurred and it moves uh, on a constant basis. Mm. I've Like, I can imagine yeah. that there's like, it's like there's a push and a pull in terms of like what, you know, you do as an artist manager for the artist, but like, where does it stop? Where is the line? Yeah. You know, where, like, is, the, is there a line? Is there I like, think there has to be a line. Yeah. And I, I think that's something I kind of learned. And again, not just through management, but through business, running my own business. Of course, yeah. The hard way. And I think most people do learn about boundaries the hard way, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think for, I, th I think you have to take ownership of your own boundaries. I don't think you can blame anybody else for, do you know what I mean? Like overstepping no. or like for your perception of what a, overstepping a line is, you know. Yeah. And I think for me, communication is key with that. Um, I know that when I started managing FAR, we had sat down and had a really, really candid conversation about like how we were going to communicate with each other, you know. Was WhatsApp acceptable? Was it okay to uh, contact each other in the evenings, on weekends? You know, what were the circumstances under which it's okay to do that or not okay to do that? I'll take and, notes here. <laughs> Um, but again, that's my bad communications, my background. <laughs> but no, do you know what it, it, it was almost and again, it's like talking about money. It's kind of uncomfortable at the beginning to have the conversation. But yeah. once you have it, everything's clear and there's yeah. no, you know, there's no second guessing. You know, is, is it OK to call this person? And Farah and I, it's great, actually, because we kind of have this. I guess it's like a soft rule that we actually don't text each other about work at weekends and evenings. But if if it's something, you know, if, if we're, I guess if we're in like, you know, um, a single release week mm. or if we're in, if they, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, then it's okay. You know, the there's rule. exceptions, obviously. Yeah. But I think we both really like discussed early on. Let's, um, let's not allow this to consume us. Let's not allow this relationship to kind of just be, you know what I mean? It's like we need to allow each other space. Yeah. Can't um, be 100% all the time. No, but that's the thing how, is now when we do text each other or, or call each other at evenings or weekends, it's actually as friends. Do you know what I mean? It's well, not course, as, yeah. it's not like kind of, what's the story with that? You know yourself. Mm. Like when you get a text at 10 o'clock at night about a work thing, like 
the eyes get rolled. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> the phone out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody fun. needs downtime. Yeah. Uh, like artists, managers, producers, <laughs> yeah. everybody needs downtime. And I think that that's really something a lot of us learned over the pandemic as well. Actually. Yeah. And yeah. like I, what was funny for me, like just on a, uh, in a bit of a parasocial thing as opposed to um, as opposed to like just business. Like I found mm-hmm. that before the pandemic, I would have been very like, I want to be out of the house. I want to be like socializing mm-hmm. all the time. And it like after the after the pandemic, I'm like I would like I would much rather just like work on my own or like be on like you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, I've a lot of time for myself because it was like a learned behavior. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I think yeah, well like after the pandemic, it, it certainly speaks to like having those boundaries and like putting those things in place and being able to afford yourself that time because like while I can't like like you say music management is all encompassing and it it certainly appears that way from the outside from what I've seen from you guys from Becca from all the other managers I've um, dealt with better put a positive slant on management oh god I feel like we've really (laughs) not at all that's all the hard stuff we've got out of the way it it is good to like afford yourself the space from it as well Um, where does it stop with you David is there like a hard line or is it just kind of dynamic to be honest no yeah Um, no but I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm right. Like, it's just, I, I, I never even thought about it. And hearing you saying that, I go, geez, that makes a lot of sense to me. But you know what? Like, as well as that, I think for me, like, I have two children, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I have, so, like, for me, that's always been, again, learned the hard way. You know, I'm always, I've always been one of these always on, always available to people. And honestly, for me, it was like my youngest son is just turned nine. Mm. And he would physically, we'd be watching Star Wars together, say, and he would take my phone off me and put it in the other room. And that, for me, stuff like that's a real wake up yeah. call. It's like, yeah. okay, shit. It's like, this cannot be your everything. Yeah, for, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not the same for everyone else. Like, you know, I'm, I I think probably if I didn't have kids, you know, or if, you know, I might not be as disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. At the same time, like I, I found, you know, on the production side of things, I think it is important to have those boundaries as well mm. because it's just that communication thing where like the music industry is like one of those things isn't it where people kind of just assume that it's a 24 hours a day job and it's like in your entire personality it um, can be uh, and it can, and it can <laughs> be yeah it can be but at the same time I th- like e- there is a life outside of that so like I try and stick to emails mm-hmm. I like uh, it's just that's like a real important thing for me is to try and like keep everything in one place all business stuff in one place Um. So for me, that's like something I find works for me. Um, but, but I think so, Kukasa, and I think no, I, th- no, I think for me, like because I because I was in Neymar for twelve years, you know, up to seven twenty five. So it was very, you know, it wasn't a nine to five any means. It was a lot of late, like. But since then, we're in a pandemic, and then I'm working for myself, yeah. you know, and have a few things on the go. So I'm still learning myself how to manage my own time, yeah. you know, which definitely comes into it. But like, no, as you. What you said there makes absolutely perfect sense. Like, really does. Like, just yeah. I never, I never thought of it like that myself. Mm. I have a pug. I don't have any kids. <laughs> but, uh, but I think again, it kind of comes from, like I said, the kids. But also, like, I mean, I've burnt out a number of times, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not like I talk yeah. openly about my mental health. You know, it's like I've suffered from depression for a very long time. I suffer from bipolar disorder, and I have to. Mm. 
manage that really, really well, you know. And for me, time management and having time to myself is like part of my health strategy, you know. Mm. And I think burnout in the music, in lots of industries, but in the music industry, it, it can happen quite easily, you know. Yeah, because it's like, it, it is an intense industry. Yeah. And like now, uh, again, talking about the pandemic, I don't want to kind of focus on that too much, but coming back in like to a full festival season. Yeah. Off the back of that, with that it was zero to one hundred yeah. in in, the, in a matter of seconds. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah, like crazy. yeah, but like uh, and I've I think at the moment as it stands, I've been at like four or five festivals, and like yeah. it's just exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well as doing like all of the other stuff that you have to do during the week or whatever. It's 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 very intense. So it yeah, I think boundaries are super super important. Doesn't matter what elements of the industry, but it, you're in. that even like what we we're saying about always have to be on it as well as a manager like you know you've gone from no live to all of a sudden they're booking for festival season and particularly with Bobby it was like shit I have to get on that mm. and you know push and push and use contacts and network and you know try and get stuff but like yeah it's 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 such a roller coaster ride, like you know, like manager FOMO is as real as artist FOMO. You know, like we see yeah, other, I like like I said, like we're we're you know we, we're friends and we're supportive, but again, we are competitors. You oh, know, yeah, so 100%. when you see your you know your friends or other um, managers, artists Artist doing style, well, yeah. you're happy for them, but you're also like, fuck, why, <laughs> why didn't I make that phone call? Yeah. Why didn't I? You know what I mean? So you do. <laughs> it's just you're always on you're always looking for opportunities you're yeah. always it's your job to get those opportunities you know so if you miss them sometimes or if you don't get them even if you've tried yeah. there can be a lot of beating yourself up about it do you, you, know? th- do you think it's a personality type do you think there's like a specific personality yes. type then that feeds into <laughs> being an artist manager, manager point yeah be, I don't know um, I don't know because like I think I think by the sounds of you, our styles are very similar like very hands on yeah. And always on and try. But like, I know managers who, I'm not saying I'm better than them or they're better than me, but like, they'd be quite hands off. But they might have all the contacts in the world. Yeah. So, you know, they might tap into them. You know, so it's just, it's just, I think it's different mentalities, different personalities. Um, I like to be across everything. And it's not that I'm controlling, I just like to be across everything. Um, I'm always on it. As far as I'm concerned, if something's announced, I'm straight on. If something's not announced and I hear about it, I'm straight on it. Um, but then again, it's a fine line between being too pushy and annoying someone and pissing people off. 100%. To being persistent. You know, the kind of, but I know, like I know there's 20 other managers with perfectly good acts going for the same slots yeah. that I'm going for for my two artists. So it's just like, how do I differ? That's what to I was going to get into then. How does that work? being yeah. too pushy, like, Is what that, what can I present? You know, the kind of way. And, and that goes back to what I said earlier on. With regards to Bobby going through lockdown, we need to be consistent. We need to be consistent releases. We need to take up, like, do every interview that we got offered, you know, phone interview, Zoom interview with radio station, Troopy, or whatever we get, we need to do. We need to get your name out there. Um, yeah. And I think that worked out well for us. Yeah. You do, you have to be really strategic, you know, as well as obviously taking all the opportunities. Like, I mean, management is, it's a very, very strategic job, you yeah. know, and you do need to look at the, you know, a lot of people, obviously it differs from artist to artist, but there is that kind of, I guess, golden like 18 month cycle, you know, of kind of like writing, recording, releasing, releasing. touring, yeah. you know. So you have to like look at that, whether it's 18 months or if you decide to do it over a shorter longer or longer period of time, you know, um, you need to be able to sit down with your artist at the beginning and map that entire period of time out yeah. and then manage how that time goes. It's really 
intense. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's actually brought up something now that I was thinking because, uh, David, at the stage that you kind of started managing both Bobby Arlo and Bradley Marshall, you're, they're kind of at the artist development stage. Yeah, absolutely. I think Bobby's kind of now established herself as an artist. Yeah. But Sheena, when you went into management, mm. both Nilo and Farah both yeah. kind of had established themselves as artists. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, again, we were talking about it before, um, before we came on air. Like I more or less went straight into album cycles with each of them because yeah. like when I started managing Nilo, he had um, an album finished or it almost was, finished. It was pretty much ready to go, yeah, I think, at the time. Yeah, exactly. And and similarly, Farah presented me with a finished album, you know, that she finished a good while ago. So, yeah. um, I mean, again, it's something that I don't have experience of and a lot of a lot of people, other managers I know do is things like, um, you know, setting artists up with producers, organising writing sessions and all of that. I have never done that. And I don't know if I, I, I mean, if, when and if that that comes up, I will learn how to do it and I'll ask for advice and I'll, you know, yeah. but it's not something I've ever had to do. I mean, and Adam, obviously you produced Nilo's album. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I was never in the room with that. I was never part of that process. I yeah. was not, you do know what I mean? A lot of managers yeah. would be, and again, it depends on different genres as well. I think a lot of, maybe I could be wrong here because I've never managed a pop, a straight pop act, mm. but, you know, from friends who manage pop artists, a lot of them would be, a good bit more involved, I guess, maybe in not necessarily the creative process, but definitely with making those connections with other, you know, with producers yeah. or with co-writers. Yeah, you're right. you know? you're spot on, yeah. Whereas I, you know, I, I have very little involvement in the creative side of both artists that I have managed, both Farah, who I manage now, and, and Nilo. You know, as you know, like, I mean, I had like little to no involvement. And now he would always like, again, run things past me and we'd discuss them and that. But you know, I think for me, that I, I feel comfortable with, with that kind of a relationship as a manager okay. to sort of say, you look after the creative side of things. This is your baby. This is your creative genius. I will do, you know what I mean? I yeah. will do the management side of things. Yeah. Um, again, it just goes back to being to different styles of management. You know? Yeah. And David, then with the artist development side of things, like essentially, Sheena, anything Sheena said there that she hasn't really had uh, experience with, with mm. the writing sessions and setting that up, that's kind of... You're I love that. Boy, yeah, like, I love yeah. that. I, this, that's so strange. I had a conversation with somebody last, I can't remember who it was last week, and they were asking about management. And I was saying, like, I love the art of development stage. I love working with someone from extremely early days and, mm. and doing everything that you said. I just get mm. a buzz out of that. But I can't remember who, but I said, if, if I can't remember who I used as an example, but if an established act came to me and said, Dave, would you manage me? I don't know if I'd be able to do it. You know, not that That's I would be so able to funny, do it. because I feel that exact way yeah, about your side. I don't know if I get yeah. the. I don't know if I'd get the buzz out of it because, like, I love grow. I like personally, I just love growing with whoever I work with mm. from from early days. And That's why Bradley, who I'm, I'm only with a few months now, but like you know, he he pretty much starting from scratch. Yeah. And you know, we're building something together, and it was very similar with Bobby as well. Yeah. Um, and I just love that, and I love you know growing and, and, and helping them build relationships in yeah. the industry and you know I get a buzz out of still get a buzz out of you them getting a radio play over here in the radio or I get a huge buzz if we get booked for a festival you know and oh, I never Festival booking is such a it's buzz It's amazing buzz <laughs> but I never I never want to I never want to lose that but I think I have that because I'm working with because I grew with them and you know I yeah. work with them as at like the start of their careers essentially And you're a fan first oh, and oh, foremost like fan, you said you know? Like I, I I, like if if someone came to me with all the money in the world and he said would you manage me if I didn't like them I wouldn't do it yeah like like you have to be passionate about it's 100% it hundred percent or nothing really I think yeah. when it comes to and it's it, it'll be similar enough now fortunately enough I'm in a position where I can do that and I, I can you know I've established myself to a point in the production world where it's a case of I don't have to do everything 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? That comes my way, which is, you know, a phenomenal place It's to such be. a privilege, isn't it? it I think we're all in that position. You can't sell what you don't like, yeah. I don't yeah. think. And do you know what? I heard Michelle Whitehead say this on the panel. I actually, Sabrina Sheehan, who I know that you've yeah, worked yeah. with, Sabrina's I great. was on a panel with Sabrina years ago where else she, I was at a panel talk she was giving and she, again, nail on the head. It's that, how do you choose, and people ask me in PR terms all the time, how do you choose what to work with? And I'm like, I have to love it. Have yeah. to love it. I've only once taken on, I will never say who it was, but I've only once taken on something that I thought had potential, but I didn't honestly didn't love it myself. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Within a week, I was so bored mm. and I couldn't honestly ring up, you know, DJs, journalists and everything and say, this is amazing. You have to listen to it because mm. I didn't believe in yeah, it, yeah. you know, and I learned from that so much. I couldn't yeah. do it again. Yeah. I think you know? as well, like people on the other side who are like, like if you're on the back of like a request from an artist manager or PR or anybody, like if you aren't, I think you can tell if someone's not all in, Yeah, you mm. know, especially if you're speaking to them either face to face or like on the phone or something yeah. like that. Email may be slightly different because like a lot gets lost in there and yeah. there's no, there's no tone. But like, I think it is fairly easily sniffed out. Absolutely, and and like for 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 the, my two artists, like we we work with Sabrina, like and it's true, like we have conversations outside of business, yeah, because she is a genuine fan of both of them, and mm. and you know that, like and from she's the conversation, an she had amazing PR. Oh, I love her to bits, but like <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like you know, she she it's true what yeah. she said in the panel, like she she is a genuine fan of both yeah. the artists, yeah. And, you know, when people say to me, like, I get asked quite a bit, like, I'm sure you do as well. Oh, Dave, would you manage me and this and that? Like, and for me, it's who you have around you. It's not just like, it's great to hear you're a good manager and, and maybe, and maybe not whatever, but like, you know, it's who you bring around, like who around you, like your PR, sure. your booking agent, you know. Yeah. Who, there like, is it, a team it's, it's element of everything, producer, isn't it? It's yeah. an, like you, Adam, it's, it's an absolute team effort, like. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%, like, yeah, it's not all is. me. Like, it's like, I don't make Bobby sound good. I don't make Bradley sound good. No, I don't, I, no that's what I mean. That, like, yeah, you know, I don't, yeah. you know, I might, might play a small part in getting them festival slots, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's our booking agent that does it, yeah. like, you yeah. know. So so it's all about who you bring in. And those people that you bring into the team need to be fans of the music as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, the kind of way. Is so. it, like, a case as well for that of, like, knowing your limit as, like, within the management sphere? As in, like, this is what I can have. Like, I'm not sure that everyone has, like, clean-cut roles of everything. Yeah. I think it's kind of a very dynamic industry mm-hmm. that way. Um, could be wrong. I'm only seeing one side of it. Mm. So if I am wrong, I, I would love to know. But in, in that regard, it, like, no one went to hand things off. I've spoken about this in the podcast so many times to producers, mix engineers, uh, artists, uh, other managers. Like, no one went to say, okay, maybe it's time now to bring someone else in for something else like is when like what what might trigger that I I think a manager is only as good as their contacts whoever's in their network I think and for me for Bobby anyway like I got involved with Bobby and shortly after that I reached out to Stephen Curran and MCD who have a really good relationship anyway Um, and I just love his work ethic and we, we we have a a friendship as well outside the business, yeah. which was important to me. So, you know, I brought him on board and he was into Bobby and, you know, he, he trusted me as well, like my taste. Um, and then same with Sabrina. I had a work relationship while I was in Irma with Sabrina. Um, I like the way she operates. I pitched it to her. She was really into it. Um, and it and it's worked. And similar with Bradley now, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm bringing the yeah. team around us and I'm, I'm building those relationships because um, he would be out now pop. Um, so... So yeah, it's kind of just utilizing who you know in the industry yeah. 
to the best of your ability. I think, you know, and it, whether that's a working relationship or advice. For sure. You know? and, and you do get to, yeah, you form a really, you know, close working relationship with people like that. You know, like um, I got to know Owen Cregan through Nilo when he was yeah. his booking agent. And he and I have a really close working relationship now. We actually, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you'll let me say this, we do these like regular sanity check-ins with each other, you know, when you, <laughs> but you know when you get so close with someone in the industry, it's like every now and, and then you'll get them. a text and you'll kind of go, <laughs> everything okay, everything okay. But the thing is as well, and I have this with a lot of people, as I'm sure we all do in the industry, you, you end up like, you have this wider network and you all give each other work. And it's not, it's not that you're trying to keep it a close circle, but yeah. you know, you get to, you know, you trust people and you rely on people and you know they're good. So therefore it becomes this kind of like, um, like self, oh, what is the word I'm trying like to symbiotic, right? Symbiotic yeah. relationship, exactly. You know, yeah. where, whereby you're all kind of, um, you're building this thing together and the industry as a whole gets stronger because of it, you know, um, yeah, sorry, like, tangent. No, 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 but like, <laughs> yeah, whoever you manage, your art, your artist is putting pretty much all their trust in you. Like you, you're there as a manager, you're there as the one who understands the industry. Mm. Um, so like they don't in a lot of a lot of occasions. Like so, like they're putting the trust in you to bring people around. And if I go to Bobby, I think we should work with such and such, you know, or whoever it is, or whatever the role is. Mm. And and lucky for me, we have such a good relationship that she trusts me. And yeah. I don't think I've steered her wrong. And yeah. I haven't steered Bradley wrong yet. You know, if I do, just make me a bad manager. You know, in a kind of way, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just a faith-based business. Like, you know, yeah. they had to put their faith in me as a manager There's to, a to bring the people around. That, don't you think? Oh, huge. Yeah. Huge. And again, if we go back to that idea of reputation, we were talking about you have to love something like your your reputation in... I guess it's always said about NPR, but management as well. Like your reputation is everything. Like, yeah. You know, you have to be trustworthy, reliable, yeah. you know. Especially here, because it, yeah. it, it's, it's such 100%. a small, like, it, 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 it's a really small industry here. But I think yeah. that can be a good thing because everybody is approachable. Um, but yeah, you're spot on. Like, you know, word, word of mouth can travel around. For sure, <laughs> someone you wrong, know, like, yeah. and, and what is it they say that um, you have to have five posi- positives for every negative? For is every that, negative. you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- y- yeah. Y- you'd be defer- I, what is it? That, yeah, the whole thing is that like, someone who has a bad experience will tell you a lot sooner than if they have yeah. a good one or something like that. It was that. always yeah. my biggest fear yeah. when I started my PR company that somebody would have a bad experience and that, you know, it was it was just, thankfully, I, d- I don't think it's ever happened if it has, it's yeah. never gotten back to me. <laughs> but, you know, it's just that idea of building a business. Up, honestly, it's up kind of 90% on your reputation. That is, that is what it is. I've yeah. never had to market. I've never had to advertise for business. It's word, it's of, word mouth, of mouth. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. it. And I think kind of everyone in our industry is, is in that boat, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know, I certainly yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, and again... I like pick up artists that someone has told me about, or yeah. you know, uh, I gave your name to someone recently. Oh, look at What's this! That? <laughs> I know, I know, we're not going to pat you on the back, but like, I, I'm, I'm always asked. Like, I do, I do free cons- consultations like with people. Like, I just yeah. do zooms or meet for coffee, whatever, help people where I can. And like, PR has always popped up. So like, you're one of like three names that they can recommend, and obviously producer as well. Yeah, as, as you know, like it's, so. It's, so. A f- it's a funny one, isn't it? Because like, first, it, like the the industry here is. It's hopping like it's mm. I, I, I think it's like very much it's very exciting. But the talent pool at the moment the talent, is like it's, this, it's across the board. It's not yeah. just artists. Yeah. It's not yeah. just managers. It's like yeah. people in PR. It's it, people who have kind of got the publishing yeah, thing the going industry on. Side's really kicking yeah, off. yeah. So, like, do you know what's been amazing as well is that since the industry events have started again, I mean, like we were all at like 
you know, I think some of us were at like output in Belfast, we're at the Choice at Choice Awards was insane. And that I think I was just crack, yes. none of us had seen dream. each other. It was like a fever dream. <laughs> I, know, I, went, I went with David. <laughs> but so, it was just it was that like idea that like, I think, dream. again, relationships were strengthened so much. A lot of us actually got to know each other that didn't know each other yeah. before mm. during the pandemic. It's like tears, everybody's eyes. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it did like really strengthen relationships in the industry and it was so lovely to be in the in the room with everybody that you know you hadn't got to see in 2 years but like you've grow, you've you've developed such strong relationships yes. with yeah. and it felt really special it's a really special industry to be part of honestly I feel yeah. privileged you Yeah know? no it's it's it, it's a, it's a huge privilege um and I feel like I'm a broken record saying that so much because like it's just it honestly is like it's, it's, the choice prize was a, was a really funny one. Like in particular, dream. that's such a good it, description. It was so bizarre. It was like so you walk in and it's just like I know everybody Everyone. here. Yeah. I know yeah. I, like there's not and there isn't a thing where I like uh, I don't like I know who that is. I know who yeah, that yeah. like anywhere you look, yeah. there might be two people in out of fifty who you might not know. It was bizarre. I want to go back to something. Um, that you touched on earlier because the reaction I think to both that you both had to it was something that's definitely worth talking about is the festival bookings right and this is like the shroud of mystery I feel Mm. because for an artist who's kind of maybe kicking off has one or two releases under the belt it's like well the festival circuit is next on their hit list you know Um, what is the big secret? No, I'm only joking. Like, what is like? No, honestly, what David said about having Bobby out there, you know, and being out there is yeah. like festival bookers. But well, get yourself a good booking agent. But if you're not at that stage yet and you're looking for your own bookings, yeah. you know, like there's no point in you pitching to, um, you know, to a festival if you haven't released anything in a year or, yeah. you know, you haven't been anywhere. Like, you know, the, the job of a promoter is to like, is to, you know, to get people see in there to sell, you know relevant. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. so like if you're an artist who hasn't released anything, who's going to come and see you? You know, you have to Very think about point, it from, yeah. you have to think about it from the person, and this goes for PR, everything else as well. Think about it from the person you're pitching to from their point of view. What's their job and what do they need in order to fulfill their job? It's the mm. same if you're pitching, um, you know, yourself for an interview um, to, I don't know, Nile or Nine or to, you know, No Encore or whatever it is. It's like, what do, so No Encore, it's like, what do Dave and Craig need for their podcast? Well, first of all, they don't do interviews. <laughs> but, oh, you know, we do, we do. Well, yeah, you could, yeah, yeah, yeah we do. We do remember the track by tracks last I do, year. I love yeah. the track by tracks. We come back, come back oh, to them. I guess, okay, so, but... Um, but my point was with that, and, and I guess the same with festival bookings, is like, think about what the person you're pitching to, what do they need? It's not about, it's not about what you need, you know? You have mm. to think about what, what they need. Yeah. Um, I, I always say the same, if you're pit- whenever I'm pitching articles to or interviews to editors of newspapers or whatever, it's like, those editors are thinking about what their readers want to read. They don't give a shit what you have to say. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So if you're pitching angles, give them, and this is like free free tip, you know, give three talking points. You know what I mean? It's like, here's three interesting things I can talk about. And sorry, to go back to festivals, I think it's the same thing. You have to be relevant. So you have to show that that you actually have a single out, that it's doing well, that people have written about you, that, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's just not your time. You know what I mean? I know it's not nice to hear sometimes, but but if you're pitching for something, sometimes it's just not your time. You know, you've got more work to do or whatever, like. Better left on Yeah.
terms of how do I kind of like in terms of the timeline because I think festival season is kind of a bit of a funky timeline right because it all happens in the summertime but then there is like the whole quote unquote applications are open or mm. whatever but a lot of the time they're like being handled by the likes of MCD by Aiken mm. by Pod like is it just a case of kind of choosing your battles in the sense of this festival would suit my artists more or these five out of eight would suit them more I personally think that that's probably the way that you would both go about it mm. or is it a clean sweep do absolutely fucking everything no well no for me spot on what you said I'd, I'd handpick yeah. um, I'd handpick um, and going back to what I said earlier and I, I think an artist needs to be active because like a, a festival isn't booked over like a two day period like a festival is booked over months yeah, yeah. So for that period of time, you need to be active, yeah. because I, I like I, I go back to, to consultation, I chat to people regularly, and and say, oh, I didn't get this, I didn't get that, and I look back and like there's, there's nothing on their social media. They haven't released a song in like months, and I said like, why would a booker promote you or book you for a festival? Like, you, you, like you need to you need to bring a package to bring them, to the and then if you rep, if you self representing yourself, that's fine. But if you have a manager doing it, great. At least give them something to work with, yeah. you know, the kind of way. So it's, it's just. It's just getting a fine balance between not forcing or being, you know, bombarding MCD or or singular or whoever it is with emails every second day, but being persistent. But also, de- like, develop pages. relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah. Play. You have to play the long game. It's not Absolutely. just, yeah. you know, yeah, it's yeah. not just, a, it's the same as, like, you know, if you're not active on your social media throughout the year and then you've got, like, you know, a single coming out on two days before it comes out, you're, like, like bombarding people with listen to my single yeah. pre-save yeah. my single it's like, kind of thing. Yeah. you know what I mean it's <laughs> yeah. like you need to you need to be consistent yeah. I, really thought it was a, I thought it was a really good um, video of Tyler the Creator I don't know if you've seen it where he's like saying you mean to tell me that, that you're going to push your song for one week and not follow it up then after that yeah. he says my album's been out for what was it like three three years or yeah, something like that, that. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. I'm still Spot on, yeah. You know, it's a really good point as well is that I think a lot of artists do kind of fall into this. And again, it's, it's you know, it's obviously the music industry has accelerated so much in terms of the speed of how quickly music is released and how much music is available and everything. You know, there's this kind of, I think, misconception sometimes that once release day comes, your job is done. You know? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, no, that's actually when the work starts. starts early, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, uh, fu- it's funny as well because that would, I think that translates from art, like from artist to industry professional because... Certainly, like the job of the artist manager, then almost begins. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or it's like it's been a level playing field yeah, since, yeah. like, re- like run up to release to post release. Yeah, um, I do get it with artists. Like, I understand how artists can almost get fatigue and get almost sick of the song they're releasing. Some of them will have had a song for ten years in yeah. some cases, and they just want to get it out and move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think yeah. Sometimes your job as a manager is to actually to keep them enthused about it and you know what I mean you manage expectations but yeah I think like for us sometimes and and from a pure point of view as well like when I get music it's new to me it might be new to me but it's could be again could be two months old or ten years old to the artist Mm. so it's about I guess breathing new life into it and you're almost like Pat the artist is almost passing the baton to you and being like I've done my bit now it's your turn (laughs) just on the just I think if I think a good point to make would be like absolutely doing festivals is amazing. It's great. 
the optics look brilliant. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, certainly. You as know, a, from it looks an great from an industry point of view. Yeah. Attracting international focus, doing the festivals here look amazing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you could be playing a stage at EP and be playing to 10 people. Yeah. So for me, I put just as much energy and focus into trying to get credible support slots for my artists. Like I'd much rather Bobby or Bradley play the Olympia or a full sold out Olympia, sold out Academy than just do a random stage at a festival. Yeah. You know, the kind of way, but I just don't think obviously we as managers with our business heads on would think like that, but some artists don't. It's all about festivals. Like you don't think about you know, yeah. playing in front of a bigger audience, so true, true, credible support slot. So I just think there's, there's, there's many ways it's going to catch, and that can lead to festivals because you're ultimately going to be dealing with MCD or Aiken or single yeah, artists, yeah. and that so can like open the, the door to festivals. The promoters are really like you know, if, if you're if you've got an international actor, like a larger Irish act playing here, and you know you're a promoter and you're choosing a supports act, you're going to choose someone who is very much in relevant. line and yeah. relevant with that artist. Yeah, so the likelihood is that the people who are there to see say it's Ex- Phoebe Bridgers yeah, or whatever, we'll, we'll you know like what I mean? That like they'll the like the well. support yeah. act. And also it's a, good, it's a good time because like w- with Brexit and COVID, like touring acts, particularly from the UK, a lot of sorry, the, the major touring acts aren't Don't. bringing support. Yeah. So there's a lot more scope for, yeah. for, for Irish and yeah. local support slots. Yeah. So so it's just, it's just something like, it's not all about festivals are amazing and absolutely people should try and get them. Mm. But there's more, t- there's more, to playing live than just festivals. Yeah. And the international side of things, I know you touched on international acts coming here. Mm. Um, expanding your artist to a point of breaking out of Ireland. Because mm. let's face it, like the industry isn't here. Mm. Yeah. There is an industry here, but the industry isn't yeah. here. Yeah. Um, where, like, is there a certain point where you're kind of like, okay, now is the time? Or is it a case of let's just go for this. I'm going to start reaching out to people or like what's the kind of management angle to like get the artist out of Ireland if there is one? Yeah, well, I think I think that's kind of where we're at with Bobby particularly. Um, I think that's something we need to to move towards. So for me, I think we're both on the same page again about this. We need to, we need to, to establish her here. Um, now, there's still so much here that we want to do. Like, so of course, we'll, yeah, never, yeah. we'll never neglect Ireland. Like, um, but we are at a stage now where we need to 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 be looking at, you know, international festivals, um, and again, be it tours, support tours, or whatever it is, further afield in other territories. Yeah. And you know, we have MC music, or, like they all do amazing work in that in that space. That's something that we're 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 absolutely working towards with Bradley. Like we're doing writing sessions in the UK now, so it's a, it, it, he's he's you know, starting out essentially. So like we're, we're not at that stage yet with regards to, to international shows, but you know, for it's a good, it's a good kind of ground yeah. zero to be yeah. doing the writing 100%. sessions in the so UK. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing a lot of writing sessions outside of Ireland and here. Um, so, and again, that's just great for networking. So it's just building a network and look, I know people further feel, but it helps me as well as a manager, yeah. you know, cause I can use that. I can build my contact list outside of Ireland and, and build to, to, essentially help my artists and with Farah then Sheena how is that is that something that's kind of been worked on at the moment or yeah yeah I think so I mean like again there's different different ways to go about it you know I think that the showcase route can be really useful in terms of you know um talking about them like commodities but like exporting an artist you know Um, but you know that idea that you know and if people kind of listening aren't aware like the whole point of say Ireland Music Week is to 
you know, that delegates and bookers and people from the industry, the wider industry around the world kind of, you know, there's a spotlight light on Ireland and they come and see the artists that are here. So I think for, you know, it's 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 really, really great to be able to get a slot at Ireland Music Week for your artists, you know. Yeah. Um, and then that can ideally lead to things like The Great Escape, which is showcased in the UK, yeah. and then to Eurosonic, which is in the Netherlands and um, South by Southwest. Like yeah. there are key showcase festivals that are really useful. And again, um, First Music Contact and Music from Ireland. I mean, like we have organizations that, you know, help artists, whether they have managers or not. Obviously, it's, you know, like, like you know, you're kind of in a stronger position if you have a team around you. But we have organizations that really help artists to plot that out, you know, and to map out their, how they're going to export themselves out of Ireland, you know. Um, and again, I think, I think it's about patience and timing as well as anything else, yeah. you know. It's not always going to happen immediately, mm. you know. And it's expensive, like, to, to, to do that is expensive, like. Yeah. You know, Bobby yeah. did Pr- Primavera Pro 2 showcase this year and it was amazing and, and we're delighted to get it. But, and, you know, the Arts Council are great for financial help and, mm. you know, Music of Ireland were brilliant. But it, it, it is still an expensive process yeah. to, to do that. So you just need to time it right. Like, yeah. like you might be lucky enough to get it, but it may, you may not be ready for it. Yes. as well yeah, so yeah. That, that goes for festivals here like you know someone might get a, a, a slot at a, a small stage in EP they might win a competition there's loads of battle of the bands but they, they may not get it next year because of that but they may be in a better position, position next year to get it like mm-hmm. they might be off the back of an yeah. album they might do cost signed they might you know the trajectory might be a lot better yeah. you know down the line so it's just like pick and choose when's the time to go for things That's, I feel and I, and I think like everything Ideally, what you want is everything coming together. Do you know? And again, that comes back to strategy, you know, and that comes back to why you would have a manager. You know, Mm. it's somebody who is actually looking at that bigger picture of your career and saying, "Okay, all of these five things need to align (laughs) at the same time, (laughs) you know, and this is how we're going to make this happen. And you literally have to reverse engineer your outcome. You have to look at what your outcome is in 12, 18 months and go, what are the steps we need to do to make exactly that moment happen? And like, it's never one thing, you know, like there's always some lovely breakthrough moments. I mean, like Farah recently, uh, about two weeks ago, was on um, on um, RTE1's main stage, uh, main stage Sorry, show. Yeah, brilliant. And it was, a, it was an amazing moment and it was fantastic, you know, but like there's also there's so much, you know, she has singles coming out. She's been doing like press interviews. She's been and all of these things accumulate, you know, so that ideally over time you're kind of again, it goes back to that thing of like someone being buzzy or in the zeitgeist. It's like next year when it comes to booking festivals, ideally it's going to be a case of, well, Farrell seems to have been doing an awful lot. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, yeah. these things aren't accidents, you know, it's not like a few fluky moments that come together and then all of a sudden you're in the, there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into creating, you know, an artist being at, at that level, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the business strategy side of things as well, um, we touched on it kind of multiple times multiple different points like the importance of that uh, um between you and the artist is that like i imagine it's a case of you sitting down and like working on that together yeah and kind of then figuring out what that path is that you were just talking Mm -hmm. about and like Mm -hmm. what are all of these things that we have to make happen that's a ground zero thing i imagine as well is absolutely yeah 100 i don't like i don't think any manager can push they can absolutely advise 
and say we should do this, we should work with this person, etc. But at the end of the day, if, if if your artist doesn't want to do it, they shouldn't be pushed into doing anything that no. they don't want to do because it it just wouldn't it wouldn't help the dynamic, your dynamic, or ultimately if it didn't go well, you know, to fall back on you. Um, so everybody needs to be on the same page. Um, so both my artists, like we're in content contact and just like, you know, talking about things and the, the micro level, like to, to, to further down the line, like what we're going to go for and, you know, what we want and release strategy and when we're releasing and who we're going to work with and et cetera, et cetera. Our, everything, artwork, who, photo shoots, anything like, you know, kind of way. And, and, you know, it just, that's just my approach. And it's not when I started out managing this, as if I didn't say this is why I want to do it. It just kind of, it's, that's just the way it, it panned out yeah. for me, yeah. you know, and I just, I suppose I'm at it long enough now that it's probably no point in changing. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it works like you do, so. Yeah, you find your way. Like yeah. I'm, a, I'm a very visual planner. Um, I have um, a blackboard wall in my kitchen. So honestly, this is what, you know, I, I do. I like it's like, that yeah. Wall, actually, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, like Farah and I, like, at the, like I said, at the very beginning, we kind of mapped out the entire relationship and the strategy for 18 months but even now like we have a call every Monday morning you know we'll follow up I'll follow that up with an email with action points then we'll have you know a proper in-person meeting once a month see how mm. we'd like check in um, I love nothing more than getting her over she is a feeder she will bring so much food it's unbelievable <laughs> and I love her for that um, she might be co-managed uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and so she'll bring over a load of food and again it just goes back to that relationship it's actually it's, it's an enjoyable process you yeah. know and we'll stand in front of the blackboard and like literally like put the headlines you know what I mean it's like recorded music live um, you know uh, finances social strategy and, and it's just you map it all out and you go where are we with all of this what needs to be done who needs to do it and it is just getting down to that nitty gritty of what needs to be done who needs to do it when does it need to be done by yeah. and it's and it's just a constant revision of that process again and again and again until you die <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or leave yeah. the industry in a, funny, yeah. in a, in a ball of flames yeah. Yeah. Um, death by management <laughs> <laughs> to kind of wrap up I'd like to know what the holy grail is as a manager for both of you like what do you t- what is the pinnacle of like, what is success to you as an artist manager? Big question. Enormous question. <laughs> Probably, there's no right or wrong answer. I just, I'd be interested to see what your perspectives are on it. Is it the record deal? Is it the, maybe not so much that? Is it like the, I, I don't know, like a, a certain stream count? Mm-hmm. Is it being like, is it a certain venue booking? Is it like, a, you know, for a headline show? Like, what is it to you? I think for, it's a good question actually, I think for me, uh, like it's a huge responsibility being a manager, it's a huge responsibility. So like for me, if I'm happy doing that and I still get a buzz doing it and whoever I'm working with is happy with the journey and you know, they don't lose faith in what we're trying to do. Ultimate goal, record deal, all that kind of stuff, like the industry's constantly changed so like there's plenty of people out there that aren't even thinking about record deals, you know, and, you know, major artists don't even have record deals and they're happy doing that. So I'm not necessarily going to say I want a record deal for anyone. I would never say no to anything. I would definitely explore anything. But like once we're all enjoying the journey and the, I can never say this word, tra- trajectory, trajectory is yeah. going well, uh, I'm happy with that. Like honestly, I'm I'm happy with that. I don't really have, I, I get a buzz out of everything. I get a buzz out of radio plays, get a buzz out of festival slots. I get a buzz out of, you know, them getting a buzz. Um, so yeah I don't really have a 
more detailed answer than yeah, that. Just like, like I said, there is no hard yeah. and fast thing. I, I, I just threw out a couple of yeah. kind of, I suppose, things that would no, be good, deemed yeah. as like, you know. Yeah, look, uh, it's an honour for me to be a manager and it's an honour for me to know that people have put their faith, put their faith in me. Hmm. Um, so it's a privilege, like, and, and look, I'm, I'm I'm loving the ride. I'd like to think the both of them are loving the ride. Uh, and if I go on to work with anyone else down the line, you know, it'd be the exact same. Hmm. And Sheena? Yeah, like I definitely echo what David says. I think it's, you know, it's about the journey as much as the destination. Um, And I think for me, once both myself and the artists that I'm working with are happy that we're building a sustainable career together, that we're both happy with and that we're both, you know, um, you know, that we both realise that we're working towards similar goals or the same goals, you know, um, honestly, that is success, you know, like for me. And again, I might go back to being a bit hippie, a bit touchy feely. But for me, success isn't necessarily defined by like business success. It's about like, are you enjoying your life? Are you enjoying this journey that we're on? You know, Um, are you getting up every day and going, I fucking love what I do. And you know what I mean? And and I'm earning enough money to survive in this crazy expensive city. I mean, that is, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like it is, it is something we haven't touched on a lot, but you know what I mean? Like I think it warrants probably another, another episode, maybe with an accountant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, but I mean the finances side. I mean, like obviously a huge part of your job is to is to you know help you both earn enough money to live. Yeah. Um. But I do think, yeah, I think success really is just about waking up every day and being happy with the job that you're that you're doing and that you're doing right by your artist. You know, that's it. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think we could end on a finer note than both of those comments so thank you very much thanks David thanks Sheena thank uh, you for coming yeah, in thanks for pleasure. where can we get you guys online where can we find your social media etc oh uh, sorry so uh, my I guess so Farah's is farahl.com um, and my own website is amplifyagency.ie and David and I'm David Wilkinson without the so dvdwlknsn uh, on all the social media platforms and Bradley Marshall and Bobby Arlo and my two artists thank you very much guys appreciate it Cheers, Adam. Adam. thank you Thanks, David. Thanks, Sheena. I there's so much information running around my head right now. Um, like I know that I'm certainly going to go back and listen to this podcast again because it was truly full of such like priceless info, genuinely priceless info. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm really glad that the guys came on the podcast. So, um. Yeah, I just want to say thanks again to David and, and Sheena for, for coming on. It's been like such a pleasure to have two people who I'm very close with in the music industry come on and like talk about, you know, stuff that I didn't really know too much about before getting into get, getting into it with them. And like, you know, it's uh, very interesting to hear them talk about boundaries as well. Boundaries are so important, not just for music industry professionals, but for artists. If you're outside of the music industry, boundaries are so important as well. We can't be on 100% of the time. So it's important to just like, you know, give yourself that space to be yourself and be outside of whatever you do um, on a daily basis. So um, 
yeah, a lot going on there. But um, just a quick reminder, the music you heard there was Bobby Arlo, Bradley Marshall and Farah L. Bobby Arlo and Bradley Marshall being managed by David and Farah L being managed by Sheena currently. Farah L has an album that's coming out towards the end of 2022. And all of the links to the guys' stuff, their social media, their artists are all in the description below. So that's it. Another month gone. Um, another before the encore gone. It's gas. Um, it's getting to a stage where I can really kind of experiment with the ideas and like have more more people in. And now that we're in a world where like things can, you know, we're having conversations in person again. I can sit people down in my studio and have like more than one person. In. It's great. And I'm really enjoying doing this podcast. So please, 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 if you can support the show, patreon.com slash no encore. Please subscribe, like, give us a rating really helps tell a friend about the show but aside from all that if you've done all that thank you so so much if you haven't please consider doing so um if you're a patron of the show thank you so so much for everything you do it's it's helped us do this it's helped me grow as you know someone who is doing a podcast every month it's it's phenomenal it really is um i can't thank you enough um, and thanks to Dave thanks to Craig for making this possible thanks again to Sheena thanks to David and thank you listener for sticking with us this long so I've been Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan this has been Before the Encore there will be an encore at the end of August see you then Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.